from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. NFL Super Wildcard Weekend in the books. I guess we go to the divisional round 64. No, 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 that's the NCAA. Do we go to the divisional round CD? 32X? No, I had a 32X. I was I wanted a 32X so badly. I loved it. Because it had like a cooler version of that Star Wars arcade game mm-hmm. and Virtua Racer. I really, I, uh, anyway, that's a sore subject. There's a lot of video game systems I wanted back in the day I could never get. Might explain a lot. Maybe it's divisional round Dreamcast. Maybe. Maybe that's the case. What was no the Saturn? Oh, Sega Saturn. Divi- divisional round Saturn. That's what we got here. All right, so Gilio, here's my question: Of the teams that came out of the Super Wildcard Weekend, which one are you least confident of? Now, I have my answer. The team after watching games this weekend mm-hmm. that you have the least amount of confidence in going forward. The winner that ain't gonna make it out of this round. Oh. Well, the Jaguars are not going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Likely not. They poured it out, if you will. Yeah, man. In coming back to beat the Chargers. Great story. Great moment for them. Great mm-hmm. for Trevor Lawrence. But, yeah, they're they're completely out of gas now. I'm not feeling the Bills, man. I know you don't want to hear that because, yeah, that's fine. you know, team The Bills are not my Super Bowl pick anymore. They, you, at the beginning of the playoffs, I... Oh, did you sell them off? I did. I, okay. Well, the Von Miller injury is what I sold off. The fair Bills. enough. Fair yes. enough. Fair enough. Uh, the, the, here's my thing about the the Bills playing against a better team. They would have they would have had to have paid for the mistakes that they made against the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins, for all their issues, still have some talent in Mike McDaniel. The fact that there was even a question as to whether or not Mike McDaniel was on a hot seat based on what we saw this year. Oh, this was a thing. This was a thing when Jim Harbaugh was floating his name out there, which apparently over the weekend is no longer a thing because the president of Michigan released a statement that they've worked out some sort of contract agreement with with Harbaugh. I want to put a pin in that when it comes to some coaching matters for for the next segment. But the Dolphins, well, with Skylar Thompson as the backup QB to to a third string, third string was it's not that. It's not about what the Dolphins did. It's the fact that the Bills allow teams to come back in. They allow teams to hang out. And the reason why is Josh Allen. For all the excitement of Josh Allen, and he's a hell of a player to watch, and we've made so many comparisons to him being like Cam Newton, and it makes a lot of sense that he is the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills with Sean McDermott and Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator, that there's a lot of Cam Newton in him. But you know what else happens? As much as I love Cam Newton, hey, man, there are some mistakes that come along the way, and it can really turn around a game. And I think that's where Josh Allen has a problem. He is likely to have a turnover that's going to give the other team an opportunity, and the Dolphins cashed in on that. What about the Bengals and the way that they've been playing now that Joe Burrow's healthy, Jamar Chase is healthy, and they've got their offensive line issues from earlier in the year worked out? Are you telling me the Bengals won't go in there? With that swagger that we know I, that they're capable of, I and Josh do, Allen's going to mess it up. I do think the Bengals will win, but the injuries of what are what have bothered me about the Bills on the defensive side. Yes, yeah. Micah Hyde early in the season that was a big loss. Remember now, Demar Hamlin was his backup, so they're down to their third string safety. Mm-hmm. That's an issue. 
Von Miller was a guy who they acquired in the offseason, probably overpaid for in free agency, because he was going to be the pass rushing piece that was going to push them over the edge and into the Super Bowl. Well, he got hurt and tore his ACL. So they don't have him. So you're talking about two key playmakers on defense that they don't have. Now you add that to the mistake-prone issues that Josh Allen is having right now. You also know what Josh Allen hasn't been doing. and Running quarterbacks have a tendency to do this, by the way. Josh Allen is now a in-case-of-emergency runner. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, that wh- ain't it. when we see him at his best, it's not a 20-yard in a game. Yeah. It's 50 60, 75 yards in a game. It's you're seeing more design runs. Now, the situation that they were in in that game, there wasn't a lot of time for design runs because they had to keep matching points. So I would just say to you, I agree with you in the mistake prone. Here's the problem with the Bengals. And watching the Bengals on Sunday night, their left tackle got hurt. Yeah. And and they're, you know, they were a a MacGyver, paperclips, and bubblegum kind of offensive line anyway Mm -hmm. because the reason you see Jamar Chase run two-yard turnarounds every single down is because Burrow knows he truly is Dan Marino, by the way. I gotta he, get that he ball out. literally is the reincarnation of yeah. Dan Marino. Gotta get that ball out. He quick. knows I, that thing is out. Yep. Like There is no time to throw the damn ball down the field. So it's going to be interesting. The thing I do love about Cincinnati that's underrated is their defense. Yeah. Yeah. Now, defense is what gets us to the Cowboys and the 49ers. Mm-hmm. The, both teams have consistently been excellent on that side of the ball. As much as you want to give praise to Dak Prescott, and I will. I mean, i kind of been poking at Dak Prescott for being turnover prone. He's good for an interception a game, those types of things. He stayed clean, man. He ran more last night, too, by the way. It's it's funny how the Dallas Cowboys beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last night in a way that people have been screaming at them to do it. It's like, you did it with Cooper Rush. Why won't you do it with Dak? And sure enough, that's kind of what happened. Um, it was the defense that truly made life hell for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am curious, given that Kyle Shanahan is a better offensive coach than what Tampa Bay is capable of, if they'll be able to, and they've got, be- I mean, honestly, they got better playmakers. I mean, you can say what you want about Tom Brady still having a little something here and there, but you, you're dealing with older guys. You've got, what is it? the yak monsters of Christian McCaffrey and Kittle that can help you out here. And Debo Samuel and Debo too. too. Healthy. Elijah Mitchell, healthy. But but the I, think the game, ha- I think the game has changed for the Dallas yeah. Cowboys defense that they're not going to be able to dominate the same way they did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The one issue there is Micah Parsons is unblockable. <laughs> and like I said, Purdy has a, a bad tendency of trying to escape the wrong way because mm. he's a rookie and mm-hmm. he thinks you can extend every play, and you can't. Sometimes discretion is the better part of valor. Step up in the pocket, throw the ball away, live to see the next down. And that's where I see the issue with the Niners. And Samuel and McCaffrey have to be healthy. Uh, On, you know, neutral side or even at home, everything's perfect. I love the Niners. But Micah Parsons is a difference maker. That's going to be the interesting part. But you're probably right about the Cowboys in the sense that they played their Super Bowl against Tampa. Can they reload the musket and do that again? Probably not. I feel like the David Tepper head coach for the Carolina Panthers story went from, okay, there's a type. There's this pool of candidates. Might be one of these guys. I leave on Friday to go to Tampa 
for a kid hockey tournament, and I come back today, and I'm trying to get you know recalibrated with what I might have missed outside the obvious, like in terms of games that were played. What are we up to now, Jillio? Are we up to like 20 different dudes now? I keep hearing new offensive quarter. Our guy Jonathan Jones goes on CBS on Sunday morning and says Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions, he's the front runner. It's he he's leading the charge right now. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I'll I'll jot down some thoughts on whether or not that's a good idea given Ben Johnson's career. But okay. But then today I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I forgot Sean Payton's still in the mix, and we're waiting for all these things to play out before we really know what's going on with the New Orleans Saints ex-coach. I kind of sort of refuse to believe that the Saints would trade Payton to a division rival. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Because they have to trade him. This isn't Sean Payton sitting back and getting his choice of jobs. So the way this works is that in 2019, Sean Payton signed a contract extension with the New Orleans Saints, runs through 2024. He decided, I am done. I'm, I'm no longer coaching, but he's still under contract. We've seen this before. He's not the first coach to have this happen. So, yes, if a team wants to hire Sean Payton, they're going to have to compensate the New Orleans Saints. And I think the the entry price, the get-in price for Sean Payton, I'm guessing it will be a first-round pick. Is a first-round pick. With Gruden when he yes. went from Tampa to, excuse me, the Raiders to Tampa. It is a first-round pick, which the Panthers do have. They do. They have the ninth pick in the draft. I would not trade a top 10 pick for a coach. There, there's no coach I would trade a top 10 pick for. Well, there are some people who feel differently from you, and we do know that David Tepper loves a shiny object. But here's where, to your point, it doesn't make a lot of sense for the Carolina Panthers to get Sean Payton now. You have the division rival aspect of this. So, okay, cool. You want our old head coach, and we got to see him in a Panthers sideline for who knows how long? Well, it's going to cost you more. So here's my question. What do the Panthers have to offer at that point they're still dealing they're still yeah. trying to recoup draft picks yeah, it's just the assets not worth it it's, i think sean payton's a really good coach please sure. don't get me wrong sure but i don't think he's going to be in a position where he comes in and, and, and pulls a brian dayball mm-hmm. which is what everyone's going to be looking for now yes because the the nebulous concept of good coaching right sometimes you might ask well, what does that mean joe NC State doesn't have a good coach, or what? What does that mean that mm. you know North Carolina got out coached last weekend or whatever? It means look at where the Giants were last year, and look at where they are now, and look at what look at what Daniel Jones did in that playoff game. My goodness gracious! Do you know what it really means to me though, Joe? When I talk about it, let's let's talk about let's mix a little sports here. But when I look at NC State's offense in football. Far too many times they ask their receiver to go up and get a ball on a 50-50 play. Far too many times. They just want you to be the better player. How many times would you say in that Giants-Vikings game was the Giants receiver wide, screaming, open? That's scheme, Joe. That's how you draw up a play, Joe. You give your quarterback the best possible chance of making big plays. And it's not just throwing it up and saying to the receiver, Go make a play. Mm-hmm. Just, just go make a play. Yeah. No, you, <laughs> you scheme players open, and Darius Slayton running free, as if it was a, a flag football pickup game <laughs> on a Tuesday in Baton Rouge was bonkers to me, and it wasn't because the Vikings defense is that bad. 
it was because Brian Dable had that thing locked in. There's horses for courses, don't get me yeah. wrong. I'm not saying the Giants aren't going to run into some problems this weekend against the Eagles, because they will. Mm-hmm. This is a team they're seeing for the third time. But, man, oh, man, did it look like Brian Dayball knew the answers to the test in that matchup with the Vikings. Here's what I think is going on with the Carolina Panthers, David Tepper, the owner, and Sean Payton. You got, what, five jobs that are open right now. Of the five jobs, where would you rank the Panthers in terms of desirability? Probably in the middle. Okay. It's, not, it's definitely not the worst. I don't think it's the best, but it's definitely not the worst. If San Diego came in, if San Diego entered the chat, I know they fired, I think they fired their offensive coordinator yeah. today uh, because of the disastrous <laughs> the disastrous result against the Jaguars, right? They've got Justin Herbert, at quarterback that everybody loves. Brandon Staley, the head coach, has been kind of getting knocked for his inability to push through when you've got this otherworldly talent in a cheap window because Herbert's going to get a lot of money when he eventually hits free agency and everything else. That apparently Sean Payton wants that job or that he really wants the Denver job. Places where he can probably exert some more control too, which is something that Sean Payton clearly wants. I have a feeling. Which is why he keeps talking about Houston in the way that he does. It might be where he ends up. Could be. It could be. This is why I feel that the Panthers are actually once again being used for leverage purposes. I think they're just trying to gin up this, hey, man, there's all sorts of places that we could go to, and they're willing to pay this price. What kind of price are you willing to pay? Not just in terms of what you'll give in compensation to the Saints, because that obviously factors in, but also how much control, how much money are you willing to give Sean Payton to leave what is kind of a cushy existence with two years remaining on his contract while doing Fox hits, right? This has happened with David Tepper before on the quarterback side of things. They also know that he's willing to pay a lot of money if he truly views you as the shiny object of his desire. Hello, Matt Rule. Okay? Whereas like, no, no, that's my guy. I'm going to snatch him away from the Giants. So you're telling me, I think Sean Payton's agent is Don Yee. you telling me the agent ain't working that? That would be my fear for David Tepper, that he's kind of a mark in the NFL that people can use to up the price other places. I don't mind David Tepper turning over every stone. Mm-hmm. I don't. Your motto, though, for 2023... Is the juice worth the squeeze? So can you bring in a Kellen Moore or a Ben Johnson or a Sean Strachan and be a productive playoff team? I think the answer to that is probably yes. Yeah. Can you keep Steve Wilkes and bring in a good play caller? See, I think think the the answer to that could potentially be yes. To me, that's the easiest answer, okay? To me, Steve Wilkes is the easiest answer. It is the obvious choice, and everything else is overthinking. Are you telling me? When it comes down to David Tepper's money, that he cannot lure a hot shot offensive quarter. If I'm Steve Wilkes, I don't know how the interview went. But if I were Steve Wilkes, I would go into the office and say, look, man, I just went 6-6 six and six with a shell of a team. Look at the quarterbacks that I won with. I'm a defensive guy, and I got the players who have bought in. I got a city that's down with me, too. All right? I got connections to the Panthers. You got the checkbook. You go get... Whatever guy you want. Here's the list of guys who I think are really good offensive coordinators. Here's the checkbook. You go get that guy. I'll worry about defense. I'll be the head coach. And this is the and we will do the offensive thing that you want, man. Like Did you see who the Jets are? The Jets are in this boat, right? Yeah, Robert Jets, Sala yep. is a defensive coach. 
they went and got him from the 49ers mm-hmm. and he just fired his offense coordinator. Did you see who the Jets are going who are potentially going to interview? Who are they going to chat with? Daryl Bevel. And I'm sitting here going, honestly, there aren't. I mean, this is like McAdoo. Yeah. Matt Rule was completely handcuffed last year. I understood that. Yeah, who's going to go work for guys yeah, I mean, get fired? Honestly. But if you were to say to Steve Wilkes, hey, we, there are some guys out there that you potentially could get, then that's, that's a good plan of action. Doesn't seem like it's going to be the one that no. the Panthers take. It doesn't. And that's what gets back to the juice worth the squeeze, my motto for 2023. Let's say you do give up your first round pick to get Sean Payton, some other stuff. I, I don't. You're telling me that Sean Payton wants to go coach a team with who at quarterback? Right. Who is it? And another? I'm not even saying you have to use the first pick this year on a quarterback. I'm just saying that's an asset that you can't give. Look, the Giants' big turnaround, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Kayvon Thibodeau, they hit a home run. Sure. With their with they they had two top ten picks this year. They hit a home run. I, I think the Panthers poten- have the potential in Ikiakuanu to have that lockdown tackle. Nice, but you gotta stack those picks. J.C. Horn's always hurt. Mm-hmm. Derek Brown is just, you know, he's just a guy right now. At Wake Med MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. So last night, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had their playoff dreams crushed by the Dallas Cowboys. I got that one wrong. I I thought the vibes around this game were ripe for the Dallas Cowboys to do something dumb and everybody having a field day at their expense. Well, I take that back. In a way, I was kind of right. I just didn't know that it would happen in a win, their field goal, their their kicker missing four point after attempts. So everybody had a field day with that, but they still won because I thought that Tom Brady, every time we think we're done with him, every time we think that the last of Tom Brady, we've heard from him, it's over, he's going to go off into retirement, that he finds one final way and I thought it was ripe for last night. But to Gilio's point, the Cowboys probably got the better end of how things ended in the regular season by getting embarrassed by the Washington football team. And they came out breathing fire. Their defense was on was fantastic, and they made Tom Brady's life hell. He got so frustrated, he went cleats up on somebody after a turnover. Pretty brutal. I looked at that game last night, and I saw the team that struggled against good teams. That's who the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were. Yep. When they played good teams, they lost. And Tom Brady was good enough to beat the teams in his division and the, because, quite frankly, they weren't good teams. Ironically enough, the only good team Tampa Bay beat all year was Dallas in the opener. But I think Tampa's defense was a lot healthier in week one than they were last night. Tom Brady, after the game, sure sounded like a guy who played his last football game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here he is at the podium. I just want to say thank you guys for everything this year. I really appreciate all your effort. And I know it's hard for you guys, too. It's hard for us players to make it through. And you guys got a tough job. And I appreciate all that you guys do to cover us and everyone who watches and is a big fan of the sport. We're very grateful for everyone's support. And, um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I love this organization. It's a great place to be. And thank you, everybody, for welcoming me, all you regulars. And um, 
just very grateful for the respect, and I and, uh, hope I gave the same thing back to you guys. So thank you very much. He's out. <laughs> Tom Brady is out. Pretty sure his contract does not have a tag clause in it, like a no tag clause. So uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can't slap the franchise tag on him and have another season of him. He's done. The question is, is he done with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or is he truly done with football? I can't envision as competitive as Tom Brady is, a man that most people had a theory that he was so angry at Adam Schefter for breaking his own retirement news that he came out of retirement out of spite that he's going to allow last night's game to be the last game, especially when you've got some contenders out there that could be in use of a quarterback. The Miami Dolphins, the relationship with Stephen Ross, you got the Raiders who have decided to move on from Derek Carr. This ain't it for Tom, man. You already ruined your marriage. What's what's holding you back from from coming back another season? Well, common sense, but he, he's shown that he doesn't have a whole lot of that. And, and you know, like you said, he'll he'll invent a slight and come back and, and try to square whatever he thinks is left of his legacy. It's, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate, actually, that he can't. He didn't walk away at the end from last year. It was when he should have walked away. Why do we get so wrapped up in that? It's Tom Brady's career, man. If he, if he wants to go out like this, it's well within his rights to go out like that. It doesn't take away from the fact that the man's won seven Super Bowls. No, I, it, it doesn't tarnish his legacy. Sure. He's 46, mm-hmm. and he was in a marriage for the better part of, what, 15 years? Yeah, something like that. And he ended it over, you know, illogical reasoning like why did you come back there's nothing left for you to prove you still have all of your faculties Mm -hmm. and you're you have a job waiting for you at fox for 30 million dollars a year to talk about football so it's not like you're going to be completely you know to choose the right word it's not like you're going to be completely divorced from football you'll still be in the game (laughs) you know and it's hard for people we see this more in coaches. Yes. It's hard when you, you can't see what your life would be like without something. Mm-hmm. Right? Like a coach, what will my life be like without practice? What will my life be like without the games? And for a player, it's the camaraderie with your with your teammates. That's what, Tom, that's the magical. If you ask any, a, a Tory Holt, a Dre Bly, any of, of yeah, the greats around here, the number one thing they'll say is, I miss being in the locker room. I miss being with my teammates. It's, it's, I miss having that and and knowing who I'm talking to and who I'm around with. That's what they miss. The games themselves, the rush of hearing the crowd, the rush of, of scoring, the rush mm-hmm. of winning, that can be elusive. But ultimately, it is about the time that you spend with the people that you love. And in this case, for Tom, that love for his teammates was greater than for his own wife. It's interesting. I don't. I don't even know if it was the love specifically for the teammates. I think it's just the general idea of that camaraderie. Because Dominique Foxworth and Bomani Jones had a conversation on Bomani's podcast last week or in the last couple of weeks. I think a lot of it was related to what was going on with Demar Hamlin. Yeah, and how Foxworth puts it like this. I'm paraphrasing here, but he puts it in a way that I've I've never heard before. In that, yeah, man, when I'm in that locker room. I'll do anything for anybody in those locker rooms. You step to my guy, we're about to go, all these other things. But he goes, but once you're out of that locker room, I've moved on to another team or the other guys moved on to another team. I haven't spoken to some of these people in five years. It's like it's amazing how like in the moment, in the room, you're like, I will die for this man. I will absolutely do whatever it takes 
to do to protect you. I am yes, right? And then you step away from it for a variety of reasons. You get traded, you move on, you retire, whatever it is. And it was fascinating to hear Dominique Foxworth talk about like, yeah, man, I haven't talked to some of these guys and I don't even know. Like if as he put it, it's like if I was in the club and somebody stepped to my guy when he was on my team, it was about to go down. But five years later, we're not on the same team. We're not in the locker room. We don't have that camaraderie. I know that I just like poured it all out for you on the football field five years ago, but if I saw you in the club about to get into a fight, I'd sit back and go, Psh, what's this guy doing? I'm not messing with you. That was Dominic Fosworth. So to your point, I don't know if it's necessarily the guys. It's the concept, to your point, and he can't walk away from it. I don't pretend to know Tom Brady. I don't want to know Tom Brady, but as I've gotten older, there's one thing I try to consistently keep in mind. We don't go, we don't know what goes on in somebody's head, right? Because you just pointed out all the things that he had going for him, right? He had his faculties. He's got Giselle. He's got his kids. Look, man, there's all forms of addiction. I mean, my best friend growing up threw all that stuff away for alcohol, right? And I had the, I had those conversations with him where it's like, dude, you got two beautiful kids. You got your wife. Why? And his, you know, he couldn't help himself, man. And I'm not trying to liken, well, I guess I can liken football to an addiction because there are people who have a really hard time walking away. And when they don't have football, they don't know what to do with themselves. Coaches, what do you, what would you like, what you, what did you always say about Bobby Bowden and even Joe Paterno when they were head coaches? Oh, they, they have the Bear Bryant, Bear Bryant syndrome. They think the second they quit or retire, they're going to die. Right. Because they have nothing else to play for. Yeah. They have nothing else to live for. It's like, how do, what's that mentality? I don't pretend to know that mentality. Yeah. So Tom Brady is willing to put all that stuff away for whatever singular purpose he feels that he has to accomplish. What's strange is he did accomplish one goal. He wanted to play until he was 45 years old. Mm-hmm. He did it. Now what? Does he want to be like Tom Cruise in Top Gun? Congratulations. You just hit Mach 10. And he can't help himself. Spoiler alert. I'm going to take this bad boy to 11 in this span- this fancy spaceship. And then it blows up. That's going to be Tom Brady next year. He's going to go to Mach 11 trying to play for the Dolphins. And he's going to suffer some sort of catastrophic injury. And the rest will be history. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at the designery.com you know what you could put in that tumbler delicious bojangles hard sweet tea yes brewed by appalachian mountain brewery and 
Justin Crouch joins us now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. He's the general manager at AMB. Justin, what's going on, man? How are you guys doing? It exciting day for us at Watch Mountain Brewery. It is, and huge I huge day. I know that this is um, this has been this has kind of been in the works. This is this has been steeping, if you will, for a while, if I'm not mistaken. So it has been been over two years. So, okay, so this has been a two year process to get to this point. So let's let's get to the start of this. And again, Justin Crouch joining us. He's the general manager at Appalachian Mountain Brewery. They have paired up with Bojangles to introduce a hard tea seltzer, and it's going to be coming out in March, I believe. So two years ago, who approached who? How did this, uh, how'd this come about? Our founder, um, brewmaster Nathan Kalashek, um, was he's, he's a big idea guy, uh, obviously started his own brewery, and then they've uh, won many awards in the, the beer space and do some fantastic ciders. And uh, Jackie Woodward, who's the chief marketing officer at Bojangles, they um, – both set on um, a, a board of uh, directors, and he approached her, and um, just two southern companies coming together, and she loved the idea of uh, getting into the hard tea space. And so from that day forward, we've been working on developing the product and getting everything ready and uh, ready to go. We we're hopeful to launch it last summer, and it didn't work out, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll be bringing it in the, the spring of this year. Justin, who gets credit for the can design? So for those who haven't seen it on social media, it's yellow, the Bojangles yellow, with that Bojangles red lettering, Bojangles hard sweet tea. It the can itself. I don't even care if it doesn't even taste good. The can itself <laughs> is gonna bu- make the, me buy the, this. The bow box it comes in. Come on now. Have you seen have you seen the yeah. twelve pack? I have not seen the twelve pack. The twelve pack, it's a bow box. I mean, this is kind of brilliant. So who gets credit, Justin? So we got we got, we worked in collaboration with the Bojangles team, but I think uh, one thing that's different about this collaboration versus some other ones is uh, Bojangles has they're known for our authentic uh, made that day tea, and so why stray away from uh, the product they already have and the great branding they have? And so our marketing director uh, Ian uh, worked with their team to develop that, and I think uh, we went with the, the slim 12 ounce cans, which are pretty popular now, mm-hmm. and. Uh, the alcohol space, but what it does is it helps us uh, kind of construct a bow box of uh, delicious hard teas <laughs> instead of uh, chicken and biscuits. But uh, yeah, I think it'll it'll look great, and I think people will connect it pretty quickly um, with uh, Bojangles, obviously. Justin Crouch, general manager, AMB, joining us here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. All right, so where are these going to be available? I know they can't be sold at Bojangles for reasons. Uh, so where can people pick these up? So at the end of March, uh, beginning of April, you'll start seeing it in distribution in the Carolinas and in South Georgia. And it'll be at all your major uh, retailers um, in the convenience store space, as well as grocery and some independent stores, your beer and wine stores. We, we're hopeful they'll, they'll pick it up as well. But we do have commitments from any of your, your major grocery stores. So if you're in the Carolinas, you're not too far from uh, some delicious Bojangles tea uh, by April. Okay. Let's beer nerd here for a second. So I've had beers that have tea infused in it, like actual beers uh, that have mm-hmm. had tea infused in it. There's been hard alcohol. There, you know, There's like the, the sweet tea vodka that you can get, make your own mm-hmm. Arnold Palmers and things like that. So what are you guys going for with this Bojangles hard sweet tea? We know what Bojangles sweet tea tastes like, but what's the alcohol component here? Um, is it is it is it uh, carbonated? What are we dealing with here? So that's one thing that took us a long time in the research and, and development part of the process. We 
we originally had it carbonated, but one of the, the insights um, that we've had is in the tea space, people are looking for that non-carbonated product. So we, we had to move it to a bunch of different facilities and work on that. And in our final version, we've been able to achieve that. But um, one thing is we've been able to, it is a hard tea version of the legendary sweet tea. Mm -hmm. So it is going to be, it's going to be sweet, but it's going to be a little less sweet than uh, the tea you'll find at Bojangles. Um, so it's more sessionable, but definitely has that Southern sweet tea. It's not a kind of a, a Northern tea. And then we are using proprietary blend uh, that Bojangles uses. So you get that same smoky characteristic. And so I think people are going to connect it pretty quickly. And we've had some great responses from the people we've tested it with um, that, it, that it meets that standard. Just, and, I, and I've been imp super impressed with uh, Bojangles, um, how much they're about quality and innovation. We've been in their test kitchen in Charlotte and seen how they not only do their biscuits, but their tea and, and brewed every day. So they were a big part in the R&D and signing off on the uh, final product. I'm looking forward to it, man. I'll go get my uh, spicy, uh, the Cajun filet biscuit combo with my <laughs> French fries, and then I'll go and pick up a hard iced tea on my way home. It's going to be good stuff. You're torturing me. It's going to be really, really good stuff. <laughs> hey, Justin, appreciate it, man. You guys definitely uh, broke the internet today. It was very, very cool to see. <laughs> Well, we're excited and I appreciate uh, you guys giving us some publicity and we look forward to people trying it uh, by spring of this year. Justin Crouch, GM, A&B. Thanks, man. Take it easy. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. Well, what's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.